Blog Talk Radio. that we do, you can check it out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live, or you can check it out on through the TuneIn Radio app if you have a smartphone, Apple, Android device, smart uh, Windows phone, BlackBerry, <laughs> you have those, you can check them out, or you can check out, you can download the TuneIn Radio app and then search the TSL podcast, really appreciate all the support and listeners that we get from there, and then finally, we're on iTunes as well, yes, just go to the podcast podcast section, search the TSL podcast from there. You can click subscribe. Give us a give us some reviews. We really appreciate all the feedback that we get from there as well. We got a great show for everybody tonight as we to not tonight, excuse me, today <laughs> as we're gonna be breaking down the Eagles Buccaneers preseason opener, which is on Thursday and man, I mean, I don't even know where to start because we have a potential of Lane Johnson about to get suspended for 10 games. He's facing a 10-game suspension for a PED use. It's going to be a second offense. So we're trying to see if that news is going to come down shortly. If it does, we'll talk about it here, and we'll have something up on totalsportslive.com. But to talk about the other side of this matchup of, 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 of Thursday's game, join me on the podcast is none other than David Harrison of the Pewter Plank on the Fan Sided Network here joining me on the podcast. David, how are you doing today? Like I said, Lane Johnson might get suspended, but that's not good for us Eagles people, but we got to talk about the other side too. Yeah, I'm doing good, Javon. Thanks for having me on here. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Definitely, definitely welcomed and happy to have you on. And let's get underway talking about the Buccaneers, you know, after you know last season, you guys, you know, drafted Jameis Winston number number one overall, and it was kind of a turnaround year, going from you know two wins to six, is an is an accomplishment. But despite that, got the Buccaneers finished on a uh, on a on the end of the season on a losing streak, and they made a coaching change with Dirk Cotter, uh, Cutter, excuse me, and Mike Smith coming the defensive coordinator. What are the what are the expectations for the Buccaneers this season with season two at Jameis? Because he did show some flashes of some really great play under center, including blowing up the Eagles that one game, which was just crazy, and Dirk Cutter as the new head coach. So uh, expectations, um, I mean, really they kind of they kind of vary. Um, I call it guarded optimism. Obviously, mm-hmm. everyone's real happy with what Jameis was able to do last year. Uh, you know, the firing of, of Coach Smith because, uh, I mean, basically because of the way the defense, you know, the defense just didn't come uh, to play week in, week out, and that was kind of his bread and butter. So, you know, he didn't execute, uh, his, his unit didn't execute, and that kind of led to that. With Derek Cutter coming in, his second year running this offense, 
hopefully, uh, you know, a healthy Vincent Jackson. Um, unfortunately, news came out just today that he's been banged up. He may not even play uh, this Thursday to try to heal up from that. Um, so, you know, guarding optimism, but, I mean, there, there's hopes for a playoff push. Uh, but this year's schedule definitely looks pretty rough uh, compared to last year. So uh, there's there's a lot of upside, but, you know, everybody's going into it kind of kind of tentative. Definitely, like you said, a lot of, like you said, guarded optimism. That's better than what we just say here in Philadelphia right now. There's more of a pessimism <laughs> right now, pessimism <laughs> and realism without no Chip Kelly. And now, like I said, Lane Johnson possibly get suspended again. So it's a lot of... A lot of not optimism here, but with the Buccaneers, you mentioned, you know, you know, Jameis had a, you know, he had a great season, you know, he's going to be in the, his, you know, under cutter, you know, again, you know, for another, you know, learning the system and continuing to develop as a quarterback because it's not too shit. He had pretty good years, a pretty good year, 4,000 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, right. about 14, 15 interceptions, not bad for a rookie, especially with the targets that he has on the outside. But one of the major keys I thought for the that I thought for the Bucks last year was Doug Martin, the resurgence of, of, of Doug mm-hmm. Martin. You know, talk about what we can see from expect to see from him this year and he tried to capitalize on that one thousand four hundred and two rushing yards, which was pretty much the best we've seen from him since he was a rookie. Yeah, I mean definitely he definitely uh showed up last year right when the team needed him. I mean, without his success, you know, teams just pinning their ears back rushing, and, you know, who knows if Jameis even has half the stats that he had uh, and, you know, the, the touchdown interception ratio. So he was definitely a huge part. And this year, I mean, coming into camp, he's running hard, um, just like he was last year. Every every run, every pass, every every time he touches the ball, even once the whistle is blown, he finishes that run. You know, he, he sprints it out to the end uh, and gets back to the next play. So he's definitely coming in, you know, uh, everybody was a little worried. You know, he showed up in his contract year, got the new got the new contract, got paid a little bit. So, you know, we've all seen it sometimes. Guys fall off after that. They come back. They're more comfortable and, uh, you know, just earning their paycheck. But he's definitely hitting camp uh, the early part of it hard. Um, expect good things out of him this first week. Probably only a drive or two. But, you know, more of the same, really. Um, I think at the end of last year, Dirk kind of went to him more than he did earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, it kind of looked like the team was setting it up for, for Charleston to take over as the feature bet. Mm-hmm. But Doug just, you know, he wouldn't let it happen. You know, he came in every game, and when he was on the field, he just took over and just showed the team that he was the guy to carry them forward. And uh, he's definitely earned that role. I think he'll, he'll have, he's in line for a good year this year if he can stay healthy. Definitely. I hope he can stay healthy because, like we, like we saw his, you know, that his amazing, you know, rookie season. You know what we saw from him that year, and what we saw from last year. The guy has potential to be one of the one of one of the best backs in the league if he can just stay healthy. And it helps out. We all know having a having a good running back helps out your entire offense, including when you have a young quarterback in Jameis, because they don't have to lean on the pass. They can always turn hand the ball off to whoever's in the backfield, and having Martin in the backfield is great. And hopefully, Charles Sims can show something. I mean, I'm hoping Charles Sims can show can show us something this year. I have high, I have high hopes for him uh, as the, as the number two guy there. Right, I think he'll he'll get his touches. You know, he'll get his his time to shine in the passing game. He's definitely uh, still even even to this day, I think he's still the better receiver out of the backfield than maybe Martin is. Um, so he'll still have his opportunities, maybe not as much as he had last year, uh, but I think he'll have a chance to show teams that he's got something worth looking at uh, as he enters his, his most likely will become a free agent next year. So maybe doing some tryouts for 16 during the season. 
Definitely. So yeah, that's I'm gonna, that's something I'm gonna keep my eye on. We're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are here joined on the Total Sports Talk podcast today by David Harrison of the Pewter Plank. You can check out his work at www.thepewterplank.com. The Bucks, the Bucks site on the Fan Sided Network. Great network over there at Fan Sided. And we look at training camp 2016. You've done a lot of pieces on the what's going on down there at Camptons, who's on the bubble, who's not on the bubble. And so far, who is stood, who has stood out so far down in camp? Because it seems like Jonathan Banks has kind of fallen down the ranks after being the team, you know, after showing so much promise his first couple of years. Now he's kind of just sliding down the board. Yeah, Jonathan Banks, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely falling off a little bit. Um, Last year, you know, a lot of fans, a lot of media gave him the benefit of the doubt, kind of blaming the system, you know, his time under Love You, just saying the system really didn't fit his game. Uh, but this year coming in, you know, it's a new system, it's a different system, and traditionally from what Mike Smith has done, you know, he should have the skill set. He should be the guy that kind of shines in that system. He just he just hasn't done it. And, uh, you know, he's he getting beat consistently by, by guys that are really deeper on the depth chart of receiver and kind of looked at as bubble players themselves. Uh, he's getting beat by them on a regular basis. And some of these other defenders are, are kind of showing up and showing that they might deserve a roster slot better. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate, but if he doesn't show up against Silly uh, when he does get on the field, uh, you know, he might, he might be among the first cuts, and it's going to be a little bit of a surprise after being, you know, second-round pick uh, just a few years ago. But he's definitely one of those guys to watch um, on the downside, on the downslope. Definitely. We'll see what he does against Philly because it seems like he'll get his opportunities against possibly Chase Daniel and and uh, Brass and Chase Daniel and Carson Wentz. So, obviously, since he's the more veteran of especially Wentz, hopefully he takes advantage of what – he hopefully takes advantage to what he to what he sees on the field on uh, Thursday night. So, who else is you – also, you also highlighted the wide receiver battle – with the Buccaneers. We already know who number one and two is. The, basically, the Twin Towers on the outside and uh, Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. But that third wide receiver spot's already been given to Adam Humphreys. But there's a real interesting battle for that fourth wide receiver spot between Evan Spencer, uh, Dante Dye, which is a fan favorite of mine. <laughs> you know, Dante mm-hmm. representing Division Three Heidelberg. And then we have uh, Cross, who was with the Eagles last year, and they cut him. And now we also have Kenny Bell in the in the mix. Who do you expect to win that job? Because it seems like it's going to come down. It's pretty much seems it's going to come down to every preseason game that somebody wanted to step up and make a play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, like you said, behind Vince Jackson, you know, uh, and, and those guys, uh, Adam Humphreys, Coach Carter already announced that. And that's that's well deserved. Any any Buccaneers fan who watched uh, preseason, a little bit of action that Adam got last year, saw that potential. Uh, great guy out of the slot, uh, quicker than fast, you know. But that's really what they need right there in that area and that that part of the field. Um, if I had to if I had to label some of the front runners that fourth job, it's got to be Jonathan Krause. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a sore spot spot in Philly. You know, he was waived by the Eagles uh, just last month and picked up by the Bucks, and he's just I mean he's been showing up every day. Um, Really impressive, especially considering he he's got he's got zero experience in the system. You know he's, he's been there a week. Uh, the experience he has is just this month, um, this last month, and he's just been doing great things. And everybody's raving about him. Fans love him, media loves him. I really think he's the front runner. 
And once they take the field Thursday, if he shows more of the same, I think it's his job to lose right now for that fourth job. Well, uh, behind them, like you said, Evan Spencer has been doing great. Dante Dye has been having some really good days. He's a guy, like you say, he's a fan favorite. He definitely is. He had, uh, he had a couple drops there at the end of last year uh, that some of the fans kind of wrote him about. But, you know, it's going to happen, especially, you know, undrafted rookie getting to, getting to be on the NFL stage is going to happen. But this year, coming in and showing some of that experience, he's definitely had some good plays in camp, so he's going to get his shot. Um, Kenny Bell, you know, he, he's kind of the guy that he came into, into camp as the media darling. Everybody, you know, was excited to see what he could do, come back from his injury, excited for him to step into that third role. I mean, honestly, among the media and among the fans even, he was that third guy. Like, everybody kind of assumed he was going to be that third guy and he was going to come in and take that position, and it just hasn't happened. And, and especially since the Bucks have put on the pad uh, this last week, he's just – he's kind of just disappeared. Um, a lot of knocks about him not being physical enough, uh, not wanting to be physical enough, maybe, you know, loves running open space and running with the ball, but uh, getting open and getting off those those coverages and getting off those defenders uh, is just not doing it so much. Uh, he'll get his chance, though, as a returner. Uh, I'm sure he'll get on the field as a receiver, but as a returner, he, he's listed as one of the guys who's competing for one of those return jobs, and that's going to be big uh, for him, uh, fighting for his, his roster spot. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the waiver wire if, uh, if, his, if his camp and his preseason keeps going on right now. Interesting. This is that's something I'm going to keep my eye on for this entire preseason, especially in Thursday's game. I definitely want to see how those those pair of wide receivers go up against the Eagles secondary because the Eagles secondary has been kind of mired right now. Who's going to be number one? Who's number two? You have Leotis McKelvin and Ron Brooks starting, <laughs> but then after that, kind of like mm-hmm. Nolan Carroll, Eric Rowe, Jalen Mills. <laughs> I mean, it's a revolving door right now, so. We'll see right. what the Bucks wide receivers can do. Like I said, I'm more interested to see what Dante Dye can do because small school guy, Division three. Mm-hmm. A lot of dudes don't even come from Division three to make it to the point where he's been. But like you said, he's definitely been impressive, and he played in a few games last year. He made a couple of plays. I think Thursday night game he made a couple of plays. So he's he's showing something, showing something. But obviously. The action is up with up with the top three, but also looking at that offense, there's now saying that Cameron Brait is now the number one tight end in Tampa over offensive Arian Jenkins, who is like my favorite player on fantasy football when healthy. Because I know offensive Arian Jenkins can get some can get me some points, but Cameron oh, yeah. Brait as the number one guy. Talk to me about that because that was kind of eye opening when I saw that. It was like over offensive Arian Jenkins. Wow. Right, I think, I mean, really it just boils down to consistency and maturity. And, you know, unfortunately, Austin Sperry and Jenkins, um, he's a fantasy favorite of mine, too. And he actually, even in limited action last year because he was struggling with injuries, he still led all tight ends in receiving yards and touchdowns. I mean, he, he's got the talent. Uh, the talent is not in question. It's just getting consistent production out of him uh, and getting that maturity out of him to get on the field and, and do it, you know, play in, play out. And that's what Bray brings to the team. Uh you know, the dude, he, he just doesn't drop much drop balls. You know, if it hits him in the hands, he's going to catch it. He may not he may not necessarily break, you know, the 40-yard 40 40 yard pass play from a tight end position all the time, but he's going to get you those, those five yards, seven yards, even 15 uh, consistently, and he can be a guy that, that James can lean on going into his second season. And that's really what he needs. You know, when you got a young quarterback, you know, you can't, you can't have your, your skill position players out there, you know, acting the fool or taking plays off. You gotta be, they got to be showing up every day to help their – their young quarterback, and that's what Cameron Bray brings to the team. 
But to Austin, to Austin's credit, you know, uh, he's taking the demotion in stride. He's taking that as motivation, and he's been he's been showing up on that second team. Uh, you know, him and Mike Glennon has, has connected on quite a few uh, uh, pretty just I mean beautiful plays. So he's definitely not taking it uh, sitting down under line down. You know, he's definitely standing up to the challenge and ready to show his teammates and the coaches that he can produce that way. Whether it's too little mm-hmm. too late, at least for this year, you know, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, I wasn't necessarily surprised about it. A lot of the, the Bucks insiders, you know, the guys that cover the Buccaneers for, you know, your ESPNs, your local Tampa news outlets, they weren't necessarily surprised about it. The writing's kind of on the wall. But from a from an outside fan view or just a general NFL view, it was definitely a little bit surprising. Um, but I think it's for real. I, I, I don't think it's a scary tactic. I think Cameron Brady is legitimately the team's first tight end. And I think, you know, minus injury or a horrible preseason once – once that happens, I think it'll be his job opening up the regular season. Definitely, like I said, I was very shocked. But like you said, you need a you need a consistent weapon at the tight end position, especially like when you said we have a young quarterback that tight end has to be sure-handed and be that safety valve for when the pressure is coming in his face. You need someone that you know there, and hopefully we see we see Dirk, you know, I'm pretty sure he'll probably do this, mix in a couple of two tight end sets to get both of them on the field at the same time, which can just be a whole matchup problem unto itself <laughs> with Breed on one side right. and Safarian Jenkins on the other side. Definitely could be there. There's a lot of potential in, in that. And even uh, Danny Vitale, uh, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people, myself included, we kind of expected him to come out as a fullback and kind of replace uh, Jaborski Lane, who unfortunately had that, that leg injury at the end of last year and uh, is back to the team. Um, but he, he's a lineup in tight end sets. And, I mean, uh, goal line offense, you know, is was horrendous. Or not goal line, red zone offense was horrendous for the Bucks last year. Um, today they went they went on red zone drills, and the defense beat uh, the Bucks offense uh, 10 out of 10 times. So still working on getting that fixed. But, you know, a three tight end set or even a two tight end set with, with break, and uh, Safarian Jenkins in there, and then maybe a third with the Danny Vitale out there, the super bet. You know, they definitely could could find some matchup situations with uh, with bigger sets using those guys. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Danny Vitale because, like you said, like Dante Dodd, he was kind of like a favorite of, like, draft Twitter <laughs> this past break. He was the favorite of draft Twitter because he just reminded you that old-school, hard-nosed, football player where you can kind of put them in various situations, various positions, you know, fullback, like you said, now, you know, doing some tight end. He could be like your new modern-day halfback. <laughs> you know, he could be that oh, yeah. new modern-day halfback for that Buccaneers offense. And, you know, since you are mentioning the Bucks draft class, the uh, Bucks this year in this past spring's draft, they, uh, their, t- their first two picks, they used them on defense, going with Vernon Hargraves and then Noah Spence. Uh, what are your expectations for these two players? Because it looks like Hargraves, you know, he's ahead of Jonathan Banks on that, on that, on on the depth chart, and Noah Spence is just doing what Noah Spence does, which is get to a quarterback. So, talk about what you expect oh, yeah. from them under a coach in Mike Smith. Uh, I mean, big things. That's 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 the easy way to put it. Just big things. I mean, um, those two young guys are very talented. Um, if I have to be honest, I'm a, I'm a little bit more excited about Noah Spence than I am Brent Hargraves, but I think. Both of those guys are going to do great things for the defense. And I think, you know, people people look at the Bucks and, and James actually said this in a, in a press release uh, earlier uh, last week, that, you know, the, the locker room understands what the reputation is for the Bucks. Um, 
you know, they had those good years under Tony Dungy and they got the Super Bowl under John Gruden. But really saved for that, that short period of time, really, the Bucks have, you know, they've been the yucks. That's where it came from. And that's, you know, that's, they earned that moniker and they're kind of, they've kind of fallen back into that trend. So the, the reputation for the team around, around the NFL community really isn't that strong. And these guys are owning that and they're, they're out there fighting to change that. And no offense. I mean, he's been disruptive, uh, all, all, all camp with the pads, without the pads, inside, outside, doesn't matter where they put him. He's just, he's just getting it done. Um, I can't wait to see him uh, when, when the play goes live and, he can actually hit the opposing quarterback, uh, unfortunately, for, for guys like Bradford and Carson. But, uh, you know, I think those two guys, are they're the beginning of the turnaround for that defense, you know. Um, this, this franchise has never had an offense as effective as it was last year. And if they can get that defense back even close to what it was during their, their playoff years and their Super Bowl run, then they can become a legitimate contender in the NFC South. And I think those two guys are kind of the key. Uh, join forces with guys like Levante David and Quan Alexander to get it going. Yeah, we we know all too well about that defense. Uh, I can vividly remember <laughs> getting the Buccaneers destroying the Eagles. I want to say it was like 45-14 or something like that. And, and yeah. the Bucs defense knew literally every play call that was coming. I think the interception that Levante David had <laughs> off of Sanchez, he's mm-hmm. like, I just knew what play was coming. I'm just like, oh, man. Right. Now they got Vernon Hargreaves and now Noah Spence on the other side. Like, Thursday is not going to be fun, especially if you're Bradford. And now if you got no Lane Johnson or whatever, oh, God, like, I just I just fear for Bradford and, like, just don't get hurt. That's all I'm hoping. Just don't get hurt. Yeah, that's Please keep true. Noah Spence <laughs> intact. <laughs> <laughs> We're here joined by David Harrison of thepewterplank.com here on the Total Sports Live podcast and just a few more for you david really appreciate it again for you jumping on the podcast to break down thursday's night's game and when we look forward to thursday night's game which is at seven o'clock i believe uh what will you be looking for uh what would you be what will you be looking for in thursday night's game where i'm going to say what are three things that are going to keep that are going to pique your interest in this game because you know a lot of people they get excited for the first preseason game and then by the time the starters get out in the first quarter, a lot of people just turn the game off, just like, oh, okay, that's all that I needed to see. <laughs> but for you, what are you going to be looking for? So the three, the main three things I'll be looking for is the, the return game, the red zone offense, and that wide receiver battle. Um, the, the return game, you know, the, the Bobby Rainey Jr., you know, no offense to him by any means. Uh, you know, he just didn't get it done last year for the Bucks. And that return game is big. You know, you've seen teams like Atlanta uh, getting guys like Devin Hester and how he was able to set them up last year, uh, especially the two games they played against the Bucks. He was able to do damage against them. Um, fortunately for, for our side, you know, we were able to withstand that. But that return game, I mean, if you can get that going, that can really set your team up for success in a lot of ways. And uh, they've got some some good candidates that actually tie into that wide receiver battle. Um, guys like Bernard Reedy, you know, that's where he's going to make his money. That's where he's going to get his roster spot is on special teams. And with that receiver battle so deep, if he can't win out one of those return jobs, you know, that, that's something that's going to put him on the bubble and potentially send him to the practice squad or straight to the waiver wire. Um, so if he can show up and do that, Adam Humphreys is in there as a punt return candidate. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of that just because he is kind of a crucial part of this offense now being that third receiver and with Vincent Jackson being banged up already. Uh, you know, I kind of like to keep him off special teams if possible. So I'm pulling for one of those other guys to show up 
so that Adam doesn't have to take those those punts. Um, and then, like I said, that red zone offense, I mean, that was, that was horrible, you know. And uh, I, I cover – I do a lot of things about uh, fantasy football that will be coming up soon uh, for the Bucks as well, and specifically on Bucks players. And uh, Doug Martin, uh, James Winston, and Mike Evans, all three of them. Stats-wise, they were, they were, you know, near the top of the league. It's just those, those touchdowns. Um, those touchdowns are so valuable in fantasy. And had they gotten, you know, five more touchdowns apiece uh, in the red zone area, then – they'd have been top five uh, fantasy players in some of their positions. So that's something we're really looking forward to. Uh, I know they've been working on it in camp and practices, so I want to see how that translates uh, in game situations. Yeah, you mentioned Mike Evans. A lot of people we talk about fantasy, a lot of people were killing Mike Evans last year because he put up the the catches and the yards, but he didn't put he didn't he didn't put the touchdowns on paper. I think he only had three touchdowns or something like that of that nature. Like he didn't have a lot of touchdowns, but had a total a whole bunch of yards, which is like a killer for fantasy football players. Like you need them touchdowns. The yards are great, but the touchdowns you need, and especially for that Buccaneers offense, you know you need those touchdowns, especially when you have a target like Mike Evans in that red zone where you can just, just throw it up there and say, you know what, jump ball situation, go up and get there. And we see in the NFL a lot of times the red zone, you know, it, it's a big difference in, in a lot of games. The inability to score in the red zone can pretty much put you in the playoff contention, out in playoff contention. And we saw that with the Eagles in, I want to say, not this past season, but in 2014, where they had that three-game slide toward the end of the season, they could not get the ball in the red zone to save their life and the score, and they and they pretty much maxed out with a whole bunch of field goals. And field goals are nice, but as we both know, you want to have more touchdowns than field goals at the end of the day. Definitely, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I mean, uh, there's at least three games, um, you know, that I can think think back on. And the, the Houston Texans one, it was early in the season, but thinking back on the on the year, that one probably hurt the most. Where you know they just they couldn't get into the end zone once they once they got inside the Texans twenty, and then uh, their kicking debacles, their their field goal disasters were were just beginning. Then you know they didn't put the points on the board, and uh, the momentum they had in that game completely dissolved uh, by the second half. And you know the Texans were able to come out and beat them in the game, and the Bucks should have should have easily won. Same thing happened against the Redskins that meltdown that was all over you know NFL Network and the highlight shows. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins saved uh, famous saying, you know, now, you know, again, soaring, you know, putting the ball in the end zone. If, if one of those drives in and a touchdown instead of a field goal, you know, the Bucks will win that game. So definitely a huge importance there, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do there. Definitely. I think we all are going to be looking forward to see what will happen as the Eagles and Buccaneers will kick off preseason action on Thursday night. Everybody, you know where y'all can find it at on your local stations. I don't want to listen from me, but all your local affiliations, online streams, whatever you got to do to watch that game. Make sure you watch. It should be a good one, not only to see the starters back in play, but to see the rookies and undrafted guys get a shot. But before we let you go, David, uh, just give the just give the listeners just an introduction about yourself, where they can check out your work and all that jazz, social media, all that good stuff. Um, all right, so like I said, my, you know, my name is David Harrison, uh, staff writer at the Pewter Plank, uh, com, or if you have a fan site, it's just the Buccaneers site, and that's us. Um, on Twitter, you can follow me if you want to at ADWDA11. Uh, I know it's a little bit complicated, but uh, that's where you can find all my tweets, and uh, 
you know, I'm active on Facebook and just hit me up if you ever have anything to say uh, football related. Fantasy, big on fantasy, big on draft, and of course the Buccaneers. Thanks again for having me. No problem. And like he said, make sure you follow him on Twitter at ADWDA11. Follow the Peter Plank on Twitter at, as well at the Peter Plank, thepeterplank.com. And like you said, check out his work. This man, this man is staying up to date on the Buccaneers. You need that Buccaneers information. He's got it, especially with these roster, with these with these roster bubbles and stuff like that. Really good stuff right there. The slideshow effect is is a great thing. I tell you that. Gotta love the slideshows when it comes to these posts. So check out his work there. Like I said, he's gonna be doing draft stuff. So when draft season comes up, you're going to be able to check that stuff up and fantasy football because you know here at Coast Football, we love fantasy. All our listeners love fantasy. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely, if you, if you, when you get down to do some fantasy stuff, definitely got to have you back on again since, you know, we love talking fantasy on here. So we definitely got to get you back on. Anytime you want. My fantasy stuff, obviously I'll do some Bucks-focused stuff, uh, but I have a series in, in, in the works that week in, week out, I'm not going to cover just the Bucks. I'll be covering fantasy from many different angles. So, of course, anytime you want to talk, I'm, I'm, I'm down. All right. Definitely love that for everybody. For me and David, have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Watch Eagles Buccaneers on Thursday night, and that's about it. Everyone have a good one.